Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 331 for January 16th, 2024. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On this week's show, the college and pro football coaching carousels are in full swing. Philadelphia Eagles longtime center Jason Kelsey is retiring. And the Detroit Lions won their first playoff game in over 30 years, and we were there to see it firsthand. But I'm not here by myself. Across the table from me is my son, Adam. Yep, let's not bury the lead. We were there. <laughs> um, we It was a great experience. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little yeah. more. Kyle and I already talked about it on Just Lying Around. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm working on a video of that we that I took video of during the game. So it was an incredible experience. Yeah, I'm gonna say I I was reluctant to go. I was re- reluctant to dish out that kind of money for a playoff game, but uh, we did. I got talked into it, and I'm glad we went. And it was phenomenal. Just and let's phenomenal and let's time. hope that it's not another 331 podcast before the next playoff win, <laughs> which we had to wait even longer. I mean, we had to wait a long time even before we started. Be, you know, this podcast, right. but. Man, it took 331 episodes, but we finally got to see a playoff win. Hey, I was gonna, I was gonna be happy sitting at home watching it, but yeah, you guys saw it. This is historic. We need to be it, there. I'm glad we were there. It was, yeah, it was one of those things where if I learned anything as a kid, you did this to us. Where, <laughs> and I'm dealing with this right now with my girlfriend's kid is, uh, they don't want to do something. You're like, you're gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna tell you right now, you will enjoy it. They they fight you tooth and nail. And at the end of the movie, she goes, oh, yeah, that was a good movie. It's like, I tried telling you, or in your case, oh, yeah, I'm glad we did that. And same thing happened when I was a kid to you. I tell you, I don't want to go do this thing. You're like, you're going to have a good time. And I usually did. <laughs> well, yeah, this was this was a good time. It was, it was definitely great. a great Maybe time. not so much for Kyle. He got the, the raw end of the deal sitting next to a really yeah. some really bad uh, fans. Yeah. Uh, that, man. You're going to get those every once in a while. Yeah, you can't get away from that sometimes. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, he was glad to still be there. Yeah, the guy in front of me was driving me crazy, too. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot. (laughs) And he was was friends with people sitting right behind us. So they were constantly turning around looking, you know, towards us and talking and high-fiving. I mean, look, it is what it is. It didn't ruin the game experience for me. But it's just, I mean, the main thing was we got to see something that we never thought we'd see. It's a very special and event. I'm sure we'll talk about it some more when oh, we get yeah. to it. So. Oh, yeah. We come to you each week from the fabulous World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. We also have timestamps down in the descriptions of both the podcast and the YouTube uh, channel, or videos. So you can go right to the topics that you really want to listen to. You can also find our podcast in its full audio form on our YouTube channel. Just search for the World of Football Kalamazoo or use the handle at the World of Football in the YouTube search bar. You will also find other selected videos on our YouTube channel like Just Lying Around, a Detroit Lions podcast featuring Adam and Kyle. Uh, This week was the review of the playoff game we went to with some of their experiences and um, just talk about that game in general. So yep. if you want a little different uh, perspective, Kyle, you know, talked quite a bit. Mm. I usually sit back and let Kyle try to talk. I try to, <laughs> I 
It's tough for you to let other people talk. It is. I know, I know it's weird. Uh, you think I'd be used to it doing this with you, but uh-huh. it's just I don't like dead air. So yeah. like the moment I see a gap, you just gotta take it. Uh-huh. And uh, we also have our NFL picks video. Uh, we've got another video coming out for week two of the playoffs. Oh uh, come on, week two. It's called the divisional round. Yeah, Why whatever. can't you say it right? It's week the divisional the round. The second round of the, the divisional round of the playoffs is whatever. what it's called. Whatever. Week two. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's begin today's show, and we're gonna begin with Adam, and we start in the NFL. Yep, so we're going to, you know, only real scores going around in the NFL. Uh, Gee, happens to be super wild card weekend. They added the super when they added the extra games. And I'm going to tell you right now, because of what happened uh, in Buffalo, you know, they had weather. This game was supposed to, the Buffalo game was supposed to be played on Sunday at 1, ended up getting pushed to Monday at 4.30. I think the NFL, I just want to start off, I think the NFL goes to this format. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Yeah. Two games Monday. Yeah. The sat while a lot of us love the three games on Saturday, I mean, and there's no such thing as too much football. I think it just worked out this year that you know what? Having two games each day, a double header, I think is gonna serve the league a little better than having three games on a Saturday. Yeah. Um uh, and so. I think it's better for the teams too. Like a little later start lets people, you know, who have to work weekends at least you can maybe get home in time to watch one of the games or both games in the evening. Yeah. Well, the, you know, this last Monday was uh, Martin, Martin Luther King, King Day, yeah. so a lot of you know government employees had the day off. Of so that businesses were that closed worked out a lot. So that, it worked for a lot of people, not for everybody, yeah. but uh, it worked out for a lot of people. Maybe next year it might not fall on uh, True. Uh, Martin Luther King Day. Who knows? But it did work out this year, and I do think that's a good uh, format: two, two, and two. I do like that. So um, let's uh, start off Saturday. There were two games uh, that ended up being played. The first game. The Houston Texans defeat the Cleveland Browns 45 to 14. The fourth seed Texans you know, and the five seed Browns. Um, a blowout that I didn't see coming. No, uh, I no. uh, I think the Browns were favored in that game. I, I, I can't so. remember. Even I, though they were the lower seed, I think everybody kind of favored that defense. Yeah. But you know, watching that game for when I did, Joe Flacco just throwing a couple of really crucial. Uh, pick six is there that just turned the tide. C.J. Stroud having one of the greatest playoff performances of a rookie's career, and we're going to talk about another rookie who did just as good a little bit later. But how about the rookie showing up? That Texans team, what a turnaround for them. You know, I think D'Amico Ryan is a, a near shoe in now for Coach of the Year. It's him, Stefanski, uh, not Stefanski, uh, the coach here for yeah, Kevin Stefanski. Sorry, yeah, Kevin Stefanski for the Browns was a candidate, I think. And Dan Campbell, I think, is certainly a candidate for Coach of the Year. And uh, now I think it comes down to Dan Campbell and uh, D'Amico Ryan, for I think, should be Coach of the Year. Uh, any thoughts from this game from you? Uh, no, like I said, it was it was a surprise. I, I'm surprised that the Texans uh, beat them so badly. Yeah. You know, I, I thought if it was a close game, you know, either, either team could have won. I didn't put much faith in the Texans because they, you know, they were in like a three-way tie for, you know, who was going to win that division. And they were all... You know, only had like nine wins or something like that. So, you know, they didn't even know till the last minute they were they were the the division champs or the the, right. the um, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I didn't put much much faith in them. I, I just thought the Browns were you know really hitting on all cylinders, and man, I I did not expect them to lose that badly. Yeah, I mean, the, this whole weekend it's, it just feels like it was blowout city, except yeah. for one. Well, two games technically weren't blowouts. One game was probably the most entertaining out of all of them, 
but we'll get to that one. Um, then we're going to move to Saturday night. The Chiefs defeating the Dolphins at home in negative weather. It was looked cold. It was hard to watch it because we've got the same kind of weather outside right now here. And so I know, you know, how cold that feels because all I had to do is walk outside my door and I could have felt, you know, uh, with a, a certain measure of certainty that, yeah, this is what they're sitting, the fans are sitting in this, the guys are playing in this. See, that, I didn't think that's where you were going with it when you said it was hard to watch. I thought you were going to say it was hard to watch because you don't have Peacock, so you couldn't watch the I didn't, this, the exclusive right, I, game. I did not watch this game. <laughs> I, I watched the highlights, but the highlights I could see it looked really cold. But no, and that, that was my, that's my issue with this thing. I don't like it being only on a streaming service. Yep. Uh, anyway, the, the final score, Chiefs 26, Dolphins 7. Um, yeah, the streaming service angle of it, I guess we could talk about a little bit. I know I, I didn't realize, I guess NBC is a struggling network. So, you know, a lot of these networks that are struggling, they're putting all their eggs in these streaming baskets. So I don't know if they went to the NFL and just begged them, please let us put it on our streaming service to try to boost our numbers. And I'm sorry, I don't know. I've been talking to my girlfriend about this. It's like, I don't know why, like, even though I have Peacock. I already had Peacock before right. this whole thing, before I realized there was going to be an exclusive game on here. But uh, I think it is a good service. But if you're an average fan and, you know, these streaming services, uh, you add them all up, it's expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think to to have this on an exclusive, it just it doesn't make sense. And, you know, a lot of people didn't get to see the game because they don't have Peacock. And if right. you're NBC... Okay, sure, your numbers spiked for a month, but guess what? As soon as people hit subscribe, unsubscribe. Like, right. And then you have the service for a month, and then it just you stop getting billed. And then they also did have a special package, though. They were trying to lure people for the year with like a twenty or was like a thirty dollars for the year to to lure people into this streaming service. So I I don't know. Coming from my uh, media, you know, side, you know, my pop culture side, you know, the streaming services aren't what they're all cracked up to be. I think they thought that it was the golden goose. Right. And it's definitely not that. These streaming services are definitely not that. Uh that they've been learning. But I don't know. Hopefully we this is the one and done with the stupid exclusive look, regular season games, I get it. Like we had all the Amazon games. I think those were great. But a lot of people have Amazon Prime. Right. Um so they automatically get the Prime video. But a Peacock, you know, something like if they yep. were to put a game on Netflix or even like Disney Plus had the, the Toy Story game, unless you have a gimmick like that, I don't see why you put it as an exclusive. Well, because uh, NBC owns Peacock. Well, That's yes. their streaming service. But it's not one of the more popular streaming services. Like you said, you got everybody's got Hulu. Everybody's got Netflix. Um, everybody's got some of the other ones, Amazon Prime. You know, but Peacock is just one that people just don't. It's not as popular as the other ones. No, it's it's a fairly new one, but I mean... So I can see why NBC wants to push that, because that's their product. They they want to increase it. I get it. I mean, and simulcasting, though, like all the other... You see all the other networks simulcasting. CBS has got the Paramount Plus yep. simulcast, which works. There's some people... I get it. It works for them. I, I have YouTube TV, so I can still get all the games regularly, other than that Peacock exclusive right. game. It just reeked of desperation and, uh, like... A one month hit for like yeah. getting hitting your first quarter numbers of the year yeah. if you're NBC. Like so I'm fine with a simulcast. You know, some people yeah. would prefer. You know, they have all these streaming services. They don't have a satellite dish like I do or cable. You know, so they're they're into all the streaming services, and so that's an option for them. But for folks like me, I got a few of them, but not all of them streaming services. And when you're the NFL and you're doing. It's, it, it is your postseason right. where the most eyeballs are going to be on these games because, you know what, even an average fan is going to be like, look, I'm not a fan of the Dolphins. I'm not a fan of the Chiefs. 
But by gosh, it's playoff football, and I will sit down and watch. And, oh, wait, it's not on TV? Guess I'm not watching it. Like, look at you. I know you do a podcast. You have the YouTube channel. You don't watch every game, but I'm sure if this game was on regular TV, you might have scrolled past it. You might have checked in a little bit. Right. But you're not going to pay however much, six ninety nine, seven bucks, which isn't much. I get it. But for one game, you're going to pay that money to watch a football game that you normally would have gotten for free on a network? Like... It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I was checking out some of the highlights on SportsCenter the next morning, and right at the top of SportsCenter, it was the one from you know right after the game, and Linda Cohn is on there. She's been there forever, yeah. I like her, and she she basically says, for all of you who were too cheap to plunk down five ninety nine to watch this game, we've got all the highlights for you for free. <laughs> so I thought that was really good that she did yeah, said that. Yeah, and. I don't know. Unless the NFL partners with a specific streaming thing outside of Amazon to do these games, I just don't see the benefit of this. Simulcasting is fine. Simulcast, I think that works. You you, you have your main network and you have your streaming service. Yeah. And I think luring people to that too, saying, hey, look, if you are watching the TV, you know, you're watching the game on NBC or CBS or whatever, and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, we're on our streaming service. You can watch the same broadcast, but you'd get. Maybe you get some cool features like, oh, you get like a stat tracker or maybe like what Amazon kind of does. You can get a couple of options when you stream a game different, like differently than watching it on live TV, which that is different than just forcing a, you know, a fan base to, you know, buy a streaming service to watch one game. All those poor Swifties that had to buy Peacock just to watch Taylor Swift's boyfriend play a football game. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to Sunday. Another blowout that we caught. Quite a bit of, uh, but we weren't in, at this game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers defeating the Dallas Cowboys forty-eight to thirty-two, and that final score does not no. even begin to relate how much of a blowout this game was. Wasn't it twenty-seven nothing? It was twenty-seven nothing at one point before the Cowboys scored a touchdown right before the half. We we started watching this game at the hotel, uh, yep. then we caught it in the stadium yep. where. By God, I don't think I've ever heard that many Lions fans cheering for the Packers in my life. In every, Ford Field. At Ford Field, <laughs> as you know, every time the Packers would score or the Cowboys would do something, you know, yep. people would cheer. They kept showing the score, yep. the, the latest touchdown highlight, and people just went crazy. It was a mix of because we do hate the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. I think even though the Packers are our division rival and we hate them too, nothing makes America smile more. Than seeing the Cowboys just get embarrassed and choke in the playoffs. The enemy of my enemy is th- my friend. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, if I were to rank the teams I hate, it probably would go Packers at the bottom. Or, sorry, Cowboys at the very, very bottom. Packers just on top because I have a little bit of respect for the Packers organization. Not so much the Cowboys I like anymore. their history. Yeah, you like their history. And I, and I used to like the Cowboys when yeah. Tom Landry was there. And then Jerry Jones fired him, so I don't like yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, so if the Jerry Jones era of Cowboys, I don't like. No. I'm sure if we got a different owner or a different set of people in there, maybe I'd be like, you know what? Cowboys aren't bad. Right. I just don't like them. Packers, I like Jordan Love, their quarterback. He seems like a quiet, good dude. I don't like him. Yeah, I mean, you don't like him because he beat <laughs> us. But I don't like Matt LaFleur. I don't like the coach of the Packers. But I'll give the Packers this. They came in as the seventh seed, the first seventh seed in postseason history since they came to this format to win. So we are in uncharted waters now with a seventh seed uh, advancing. Right. Uh, anything else from this Packers-Cowboys game? Uh, I'm surprised Mike McCarthy hasn't been fired yet. I'm like... Eagerly yeah. looking at my phone for I'm surprised too for an update. We thought we kept joking by noon Monday we're going to yeah, hear something. I figured by noon the day after the game he was going to be gone. But, but they're clearly having discussions. Yeah. All right. 
Now the game we were at. Sunday, the Detroit Lions defeated the Los Angeles Rams for their first playoff victory since January 5th, 1992. We've been hearing the story on repeat for a week on end, for years on end, and it finally happened. But it happened in the most storybook way I think (laughs) it could have gone down for the Detroit franchise. Final score, by the way, 24-23. It was a close game. It does make you think that maybe it's, it is scripted. Do you think it is scripted? Because, because it does make this you. This was perfect. <laughs> there needs to, okay, you need to start an X-Files type series, <laughs> but it's about football conspiracies. Uh-huh. Oh, man. There I, you go. I got a bunch. The of pigskin them. files or something like that. <laughs> the P-Files the P- for pigskin. No, that could be very misleading, and uh, you might get some people clicking on that you don't want clicking on. The, the XP files? Don't Let's not even, any of those letters, let's not use All those. Right. But... Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this, this storybook couldn't have been written more perfectly and you got to love it when sports just churns out intentionally or not. I, there's no way I think that this was rigged. How could you rig it for weeks on end to end up in this result? But just the fact that we figured this could be a possibility. I didn't know if it would really happen. I was like, well, it might be cool if, uh, oh, maybe I don't want this to happen. If we had beaten the Cowboys, this might not have happened. Yeah, that's so, true. Therefore, there's your conspiracy right there. They made sure that we lost that game so that this other game would happen. Maybe. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Start writing Start writing your pilot for your <laughs> P-files. I'm going to get my aluminum foil hand. I got to yeah. run somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit for the first time. And Detroit's yeah. first home playoff game yeah. is what are the, the statistics on that. Had to have been astronomical. The odds of that happening. Something that he was never able to do was, you know, win a playoff game or at even home. play in a playoff yeah. game in Detroit. In Detroit, yeah. Um. Uh. So to have the Staffords come back, I know Kelly. You know, Kelly become a story too, and Matt coming back's a story. Uh. You know, a lot of Lions Rams connections to this game. Right. Uh. But I think people also forgetting. I think the mainstream media. It's Oh, it's Matthew Stafford's return to the tr- to Detroit, and then in the little subtitle, oh, and Jared Goff playing against his old team. And we were kind of like, it was torn. It's 50-50. Yeah, Jared Goff going up against the exact staff he was a part of, a lot of the organization and players over there, guys he played with. So, you know, it was a Jared Goff revenge game equally as much as a Matthew Stafford return. Right. Uh, being at the game... Uh, I th- let's start with the game itself. If you want to go into your experience, because I already did that on the other show, mm. I'll let you go off. But game wise, the Lions did what they needed to do to win that game. They opened up with three straight seventy-five yard touchdown drives to start the game, which essentially was the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that first drive for the Rams, where we held them to a field goal, difference maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the officiating again not great. The Lions, you know. Uh, Got kind of screwed in the first half, I think, officiating-wise. No two, call on a hit out of bounds. There was a no no hit out of bounds, which everybody seems to be forgetting. That the the What I hear people complaining about, which I get it, Rams fans, and I'm going to – we'll talk about that in a second. But in the first half that I've heard no none of the big people talk about is the hit out of bounds that should have been called and the offsides or the false start on the lines that was technically an encroachment. Yeah that didn't get called that would have become a first down and right. probably Detroit probably could have gone down and at least have gotten a field goal on that drive. Right. So it would have changed the complexion at the end of that first half. But instead it ended up being like the Lions had to stall out and punted. Uh but then in the second half, you know, uh different game. The Rams 
defense stepped up, held the Lions to only one field goal the whole second half. Lions held the Rams to two field goals. So it, there was no touchdowns in the second half, which blew my mind when I realized this. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I didn't even realize the Lions hadn't you know gone down and scored other than the one field goal. But uh, the Rams made their adjustments. Matthew Stafford, let's give him the love. Oh, yeah, he was he, phenomenal. I mean, we couldn't get close to we, him. We booed the crap out of him. We did everything. You know, as much as we respected him, we came into that game saying, look, he's the enemy quarterback and he will be treated as such. But you got to admit, the dude balled out. Mm-hmm. He took some hits, some stuff I didn't even realize happened during the game. When we were at the game, I didn't know he had his hand taped up. Right. Yeah. I didn't I, see the bloody hand. The, we saw him go into the tent after that one hit. Right. Uh, and we were like, Okay, I guess he's fine. Maybe it was just precautionary. Yeah, I didn't see what happened. Till we saw the replay, we're like, "Yikes!" I don't know if he even should have gone back in the game. His the way eyes he were rolled back. It reminded me of uh, Tua Tungavailoa, you know, with his fingers yeah. uh, last year. But I mean, his fingers weren't. No, his that. fingers never but, got but to that. But his point. eyes were. His his eyes were like rolled back in his head for and, and for he a second. Yeah, looked terrible. It, was, there. it looked scary, and yet yeah, maybe it's because it was slow mo. But it was still like, dang, like that was one of the calls that people said didn't get called, <laughs> which. I don't know. Watching it live in the stadium, it seemed like a bang bang play. Right. Uh, I don't know. They've been ticky tack with the pass, roughing the passer stuff. Like you just lightly graze a quarterback, they'll throw a flag. Right. But then here, you know, oh, yeah. he actually takes a hit and they don't throw anything. I don't know if that's hometown. Yeah, I don't know. Referee bias. I don't know. But I'll I'll give you that. That could have been, and I see where it could have been a penalty. Rams fans. Uh, the other one being towards the end of the game, a throw to Puka Nakua who had a, a guy draped all over him. Yeah. And. Look, live, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see it. I, I thought it was another bang-bang. But you slow it down, yeah, you see him grabbing the jersey. But I think for the most part, there was no pass interferences called during that game. There might have been one. I think it was like a holding on the defense yeah, for the, on the, against the Lions at yeah. one point during the game. But for the most part, it seemed like they let those players just play. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give the refs that. But you know what, Rams fans, I'll give you the – maybe it should have been pass interference, but – you got to give us the stuff in the first half. So it was, yeah. I'd say, all things are kind of equal. Yeah, it kind of evened out. There were a couple that we could have been called and a couple that they could have been called, which weren't. Were and then, and the, But I want to say the big deciding factor, I know we are going long here on the Lions game, uh, but the, my last thoughts here is also you got to give a little uh, credit to the Lions fans because we, we showed up, we were loud, and in the second half it really made a difference because they got a big – False or was it, they made Stafford call a timeout right. at one point, and I think they had to do it again. There was a second point where they took another timeout because the crowd noise was just so loud right. that they almost couldn't get a playoff. Yeah. And those two missing those two timeouts at the end of the game when the Lions got the ball back right. with four minutes left yep. we were able made to the difference. Control the clock because of that they and couldn't the, stop it. Yep, because after the two minute warning, the Rams called the timeout and all the Lions had to do was get a first down and it was three kneels and yep. game over. Yep, so. Uh, I think the Lions did what they had to do. It wasn't a perfect game. It was a close game. Yeah. But it was probably the game that people wanted. I mean, it, it shaped up the way that was probably the most entertaining game of the weekend. The way people were, were chanting Jared Goff, Jared Goff, several times during the oh, game. Oh, I got you on video doing that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, you the, the screaming and stuff was so loud at the very beginning of the game. It it really did hurt my ears. I mean, it was, it was like somebody was jabbing something in my ear. That's That's how bad it was. Uh, and there were several other times when you could feel the floor moving underneath you. It's like people were jumping you know, up and down, and you could feel the cement floor uh, <laughs> vibrating or, or yeah. you know, going up and down. 
uh, that was so weird. I've, I don't think I've ever experienced that in Ford Field before. And it had to be weird for Stafford. I mean, he's played in the stadium, but when he's the quarterback, the crowd is not screaming while he's out there. So he wasn't used to, to this crowd being noisy for him. And so I, I knew that that was going to be a, a bit of a problem, but... You know, he, uh, he, he, he weathered okay. it. Like I said, those, those two times that it got to him were crucial. Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, every play, it was a couple of really crucial moments where I'm sure they, they had some sort certain play that maybe took a little longer than they'd like to have gotten dialed in. And it just five seconds I saw on the clock and I see Stafford looking around and he just gets up and calls a timeout. And that was the crowd. Like yeah. it, it was, you know. It was a difference maker. And you always hear about like the 12th man in uh, Seattle. Crowds make a difference. And when you have a good product here in Detroit, Ford Field becomes one of the craziest, loudest environments. And we saw it for, I know it's just one playoff game. Right. But I can't imagine what next week's going to be like. Oh, now we have a playoff game under our belt. Oh, we got another home game. We have the NFC championship game on the line (laughs) here. Like we're, we win, we go to a championship game. Yeah. You could have bet if that crowd isn't as or louder than it was this past week, it'll be darn close. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's hard to have two weeks straight of just bottled up, just like we've been waiting 30 years for this. All right, well, guess what? That was last week. Yeah. We, we got it. So, next is we're in uncharted waters. We are now, we are a game from the NFC Championship, but we are two games from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I would love to be at that next game. Ticket prices are just absolutely insane. Yeah, we, we made our one big expensive Ugh. trip with the hotel, the parking, uh, the tickets, uh, the freezing temperatures. So yeah. What did I say? As we were driving to Detroit, it was like the, the temperature said one minus one, oh, and it got up to a balmy 10 degrees by the time we got to Detroit. And driving home yesterday, it was uh, minus four yeah. on the drive home. So it was really, really cold. Um but yeah, this this was an experience, and you know, gates opened at five thirty. The game was not till eight fifteen, and the fans, and we were there about about six. And Dan Campbell had a great quote about how it, he was out there an hour and a half before the kickoff for warmups, and the place was already humming. And yeah, it was it was like to be there. It was something special, and it's something I'm never going to forget. Well, this is quickly going to become a a venue where people don't want to come to play. Especially in the playoffs. Oh, now. now in the playoffs, especially. Oh, Detroit's gonna. They better knock down those ticket prices. But <laughs> I mean, it's it was absolutely nuts. Yeah. And for because we've been at games where the crowd gets. Oh yeah. As long as the lines are playing good, you know the crowd's right. in it all most of the game. But there was never a lull. Like usually, you know, the other team scores a touchdown. It's like, oh no, we're gonna go a few drives where the the crowd really isn't into it because the other teams marching all the time. But this game, it, it just it was constant. I've never had it be that constant on defense. Even when the Lions were on the offense out there, there was still it was still kind of loud. Right. And it was just like, okay, can we quiet down for the offense, right, guys? Yeah. Like, I get it. We're going cheering for Lions and our Jared Goff chants and all that. And the one thing I take away from that game is that we never trailed. They did. We scored the first touchdown. Uh, were we up fourteen? Uh, 14 nothing. 14 3. Okay. Four, and then yeah, the Rams, 14, the Rams were always like a touchdown behind right. after that because, right. yeah, they got the field goal the first drive. Yep. Lions went down to 14 3, 14 10, 21 10, 21 17. And then that was halftime. Then they go into the second half. Lions got the field goal 24 to 20, 23. Tw- yeah, 24 to 17. Then the Rams got the two field goals uh, to go come up with, with a point. Yeah. And then after that, it was. 
So it was a nail biter. We didn't want to give the ball back to to Stafford no. uh, with four minutes left, and but I knew I knew we could we could work the clock, and they only had the one timeout, so they had to they had to be uh, frugal with that. They couldn't yeah. they couldn't use it any time. And when it got down to two minutes, uh, I said, "Man, we're gonna." I thought we needed two first downs at that point. But I did Aaron, too. Aaron turned to me, and goes, "No, they just have to kneel it after this." I was like, "I was trying to do the math, and my, I was just so all over the place, like emotionally, and just like yeah. looking around, and just like." It, does that math add up? And it did. It worked out. Also, real quick, Sam Laporta, after that scary knee injury last week, he played, right. caught a fourth down, yep. touchdown, yep. which was great. Uh, give some love to our punter. Uh, why am I blanking on our punter's name? Oh, uh, um, shoot. Fox. Fox. Yeah, Jack Fox. Uh, he booted a couple of beautiful punts. 60-yarder. That uh, went, you know, got... It really pinned fair, them back there. Fair caught at the 10, and those made some differences. Yep. So the Lions looked decent in all three phases at points. Uh, obviously, the defense letting Stafford slinging around was not what we wanted. Right. Puka Nakua having a rookie record day. Got to give him some love, too, Puka right. Nakua. They shut down Cooper Cup, but Puka Nakua still got his, right. which we figured. We figured one of those receivers are going to get theirs. Stafford's going to get his. But it's a matter of can you stop him in the crucial moments, and First drive stopping them for the field goal. And at the end of the game, you know, making sure the Rams didn't have those two timeouts to get the ball back from Detroit, also crucial. So, yeah. all right. I know we could, well, you we and I. more t- games to talk about. Uh, let's, let's, let's gloss over these real quick. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, <laughs> Monday night saw the Bills defeat the Steelers 31-17. That was the game that was moved from Sunday at 1 o'clock to Monday due to the snowstorm. Those guys need a dome stadium there. I am i don't care what you say. I mean, you need to talk to your Bills friends over there. Oh, and, well, uh, they're they're all into it. They, they love their stadium, the open-air stuff. But, you know, they've had to play games at Ford Field a couple of times because of yeah. weather. And, and this game almost... Uh, was delayed another day. You know, we were listening to a guy on the radio uh, when we were driving. Uh, was it driving home or driving over there? I can't I remember. Forget. But uh, yeah, he was he was saying that there was a driving ban in Buffalo, so the people that they were paying to clean out the stadium weren't allowed to get there unless they had to walk to the stadium. And it's you know ten below zero or whatever. So you know the the stadium getting cleared wasn't going as fast or as well as it should have been. So I don't care. They need a dome stadium there. They get I, so much lake effect snow. That's true. I I don't know. They, they I think they could do with a retractable dome. Sure. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. But I don't think full on dome. I just I don't know. Maybe they just need a better tarp system to cover the stadium when they're waiting. I don't know. I don't know. But look, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen Kudos to him. The other story from this game, uh, I mean, they led pretty good. The Steelers did kind of claw their way back, but the other story from this is Mike Tomlin walking away from the press conference after oh, the yeah, game, uh, after being asked about his future, and he just looked at that reporter and yep. exit stage right or yep. stage left, refused to answer. Uh, stage right, I think, but it was still just like I don't know what the Steelers organization is going to do. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Uh, there was talk he might take a year or two off and, and, we'll, and then come back. I, I don't know if they I think that'd be a mistake, or... but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Seventeen straight years. Yes, he's done incredible. a phenomenal job. That's, he that's he's a Hall of Fame stat. head coach. If I've ever seen sure, one, sure, sure. So, you know, but kudos to the Bills for getting it. And uh, then finally, uh, the Buccaneers defeated the Philadelphia Eagles thirty-two to nine last night. I I can't believe the the Eagles did not show up for that game. Was, I really thought that they would do something in the playoffs. Yeah, they've looked bad the last several weeks during the regular season, but I thought they had something left. They had nothing. They started off 10-1, and one, finished the year uh, losing 5 of 6. 
uh, including that playoff game. I don't know what happened in Philly. Uh, what's about to happen? Is Nick Sirianni going to lose his job? I don't like him either. I don't even like him as a coach. Mm. Uh, or is, he just seems like a, you know, I just don't like him. I don't get good vibes <laughs> from him. But do, do they let him go and, you know, insert Bill Belichick to the Eagles, Cowboys? Yeah. We don't know yet. We're going to talk about the head coach at Carousel. But for the for the Buccaneers, though, can we give some Baker Mayfield love? You know, what a job he's done leading that team. And uh, my favorite thing I saw was the video of him squirting the water bottle at his, one of his coaches. He, like, pretended like he was going to squirt it in his mouth, then turn it just enough to squirt at the one of his coaches. Without, look, Baker's having a good time down there in, uh, in Tampa. And what a good story for them, you know. They lose Tom Brady. They still get the division. They're a nine and eighteen going into the yeah. playoffs, and they beat the defending NFC, you know, uh, conference champions. So good for them. Unfortunately, as we look at the divisional round matchups, uh, the Texans will travel to Baltimore on Saturday. The Packers will travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Both oh. those home teams uh, had the buys last week. Right. Yeah. Best records in the best uh, records. Uh, so 49ers, I say. Well, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, and then Sunday, the Buccaneers will come up to Detroit. Yep. Uh, they saw each other earlier this season. And uh, the Chiefs will travel to the Bills, a matchup that we see frequently in the playoffs. Yeah. So, but this time it's at Buffalo. In Buffalo. So I this it, these are a lot of tough games to pick because I could yeah. see even the Detroit game, I could see either of these teams yeah. winning. So yeah, these, getting... are, these are eight. It's getting hard to Good predict teams. these games uh, now because yes. they're they're all battle tested and they're all hungry to get you know one yes. step closer to a Super Bowl. So yes. yeah, it's going to be hard to to pick those. So that is it for your scores. And uh, Dad, uh, let's go through what NFL news bites you put together. All right, uh, Seattle head coach Pete Carroll uh, was fired or mutually agreed. To... It was a weird situation, but he's still staying with the team as a consultant. So, you know, how can you fire somebody and ask uh, ask him to stay around? Yeah, I don't know. It had to have been a mutual thing to move yeah. him upstairs or whatever. But that's a weird thing. I was listening to sports talk going in today, and something I had heard that I don't know how true this is, but it, there's a shadow, uh, and I think Pete uh, Carroll alluded to somebody in the organization who didn't like him, hmm. and that's why this move happened. Hmm. And the weird story is, and tinfoil hat time, Randy. Okay. Uh, so yeah. the old owner of the Seahawks had no heirs. The team now belongs to his sister, hmm. but he had a roommate in college that he went to school with that is kind of supposedly secretly running the team because hmm. the sister's like hands off or something. This is the basic cliff notes I got from listening to this <laughs> whack job on the sports radio this morning. Don't know how true this is. I don't know the guy's name. And I, I think I even heard a Seahawks caller or somebody say, I, I'm a Seahawks fan. And we didn't hear, ever hear about this guy hmm. till recently. Hmm. So there's some whispers that this guy behind the scenes you know, he's trying to take over the team, or I don't know that he's running the team for the yeah. sister because he was friends with the original owner who passed something like that. It just mm. added to the P files, <laughs> uh, but this I don't know. But Pete Carroll, I mean, what a weird week we lost. Pete Carroll is a coach where I I thought this dude was going to stay in Seattle for a few more years because. It being at what seventy? How old is he? He's seventy uh, something. Yeah, seventy one. He's still out there throwing passes with his team. He just looks as young as ever. Like yeah. the dude hasn't really aged much. It looks like, and hmm. I, I mean, shoot, I am just shocked by it. I think he deserves to still be a coach somewhere. So hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
And then the other big news was uh, New England uh, Patriots head coach Bill Belichick agreed to part ways with the team after 24 seasons and six Super Bowls. And I read somewhere that he has two more two more Super Bowls when he was a defensive coordinator with somebody. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't remember. I, I was going to look that up again, and I couldn't. But but it seems like I saw it somewhere where they were, they were talking about his resume, you know, and he was a defensive coordinator and, you know, won two Super Bowl rings because of that time. But regardless, I mean, whoever would have thought that Bill Belichick would not be uh, with the New England Patriots? Uh, he's a... He's got one more year left on his contract. He's, what, 15 wins away from being the number one all-time winningest coach in the NFL behind uh, Don Shula. So I think he wants to latch on with another team to to get that record, you know, hanging on another couple of years and win 15 games and, and get that record and be uh, the top of the top of the heap. So, uh, I mean, a lot of the rumors are uh, from all the sports talk uh, uh so-called experts are saying that Dallas would be the best fit for him. Uh, if I were him, I, I would want to go someplace warm. You know, uh, go, go to a Miami, go to a New Orleans with a Dome Stadium, go out to California. Uh, I, I would think he's tired of uh, uh, wearing his hoodie in the snow, you know, uh, coaching games and whatnot. Well, we'll see. The rumor is, you know, he might be going to Atlanta. Yeah, uh, that'll he's, be ta- he's talked with them. And the other two Super Bowls, yeah, he was with the Giants for Super Bowl 21 and 25. Okay. He was part of that staff. So All he's right. eight-time Super Bowl champion, uh, three-time AP NFL Coach of the Year, uh, Maxwell Club NFL Coach of the Year, NFL 2000's All-Decade Team, 2010's All-Decade Team, NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team, uh, and the list goes on and on. You know, he won a PFWA Executive of the Year Award, uh, he, football writers he has the most Super Bowl wins at eight, most Super Bowl wins as a head coach at six, most Super Bowl appearances at 12, most Super Bowl appearances as a head coach at nine, most playoff wins as a head coach at 31, most playoff appearances as a head coach at 19. He's tied and most divisional championships as a head coach, which is 17. He had a regular season record of 302 wins, 165 losses. Postseason, he was 31 and 13. So that's a total career of 331 victories, we, 170 losses. We get losses. it. He's got an impressive resume. <laughs> he does. And to to for him to kind of have to maybe start over somewhere, it depends on where he lands. If he goes to an Atlanta, it's essentially you know kind of a clean slate there. You know, a lot of stuff he can well, build. I'm on. sure it's going to be a place that he feels he can turn around right away. You know, not a, a let's tear everything down and build it up from the because that's going to take years. If anything, it's you, you, he might need to find a place where it's the offense is set. Let's fix the defense because that's his specialty. Right. Clearly, he hasn't been able to get the offensive side right. Looking at what New England's done since Tom Brady left, but we'll we'll see. I, it'll be fascinating whoever lands him. Right. You know, uh, but, time will tell. But on the other side, the Patriots have already named their new head coach. And it's their own linebackers coach, Gerard Mayo. Uh, and I guess that was in uh, Belichick's contract that if and when he left, that Mayo would be I the. Yes, they, they talked to the apparent. league. They let the league know. And that's why they avoided the Rooney rule and right. uh, the interviewing process. The interviewing which, just elevated him to head coach. Yeah, so. For whatever reason. But yeah, at age 37, Mayo is now the youngest head coach in the NFL. He's a few months uh, younger than. Um, uh, Sean McVay? Sean McVay, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, interesting that that's already taken care of. Um, uh, 
And then uh, another story was that the, and I didn't really research this one, but I threw it down there. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is planning uh, a couple of new exhibits on the history of the Browns and the Steelers, hmm. which is fine. I don't know if they're like temporary and they'll, they'll, you know, in a year they'll pop up a few other teams, history of the Lions and the Packers or something like that. I don't know, but it's always fun going to the Hall of Fame. It's always something yeah. new to see. Um, uh, I like, uh, I, there are some of the things that I'd like to go and see every time I'm there, uh, you know, the Hall of Bus and all that and but it seems like every time you go there, you, you see something different. Yeah. And it's always pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eagles center Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis Kelsey, is announcing his retirement. Uh, let's see. He's been playing for 13 seasons from 2011 to 2023. His entire career has been with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is rare these days. Yep. Uh, and he won Super Bowl 52, so he's got his ring. Played 13 years. Um, he endured himself to man. that city. I yep. mean, uh, now he's got that big podcast, so it's like it seems like an easy easy out for him. Now he can make more commercials with his brother. And... I thought you were going to say now he can go <laughs> sit with Taylor Swift in the booth or up in the suite yeah, and watch Travis to. play. Uh, I saw that meme where it's like now Travis or now Jason can sit up there with Taylor during the games. Oh boy! But look, uh, Jason Kelsey just seems like a man's man. He's a man yeah. of the people. You know, the yeah. people in Philadelphia love him. Uh, I'll always remember him for his uh, wearing the Mardi Gras outfit during the uh, Super Bowl parade. Mm-hmm. You know that big old yeah that big old like Sultan hat on and yeah. all the the gypsy gypsy wear. Yeah, well he hasn't. I mean he, this just was announced. I think he he's it's not official. I think he's told his teammates. Yeah, and, he, and he, he so looked, there'll be an official announcement maybe in a, in a couple of days or a week or so. And he looked uh compo or you know compromised on the sideline. He was tearing up talking to one of his coaches. So. That's where I think everything kind of started, and it kind of leaked out from there that he's planning on retiring. So, what if we get into coaching? I maybe I don't he'll know. be. A, I don't know if he's got interest in a that. line coach for I, the Eagles. I think right now the way his podcast is so popular, he's he's a good media personality. I would love to see like the Kelsey brothers get a a, a network gig. I think that would like be the fun. Manning brothers, maybe, but <laughs> I I mean more and more the traditional sense where I would love to just hear them, you know. Talk about a game. I mean, this might be the way that sports broadcasting is going to go. Is you got the Manning brothers gimmick, you're going to have the Kelsey brothers gimmick. Watching a game and just hearing them be entertaining during a game, which works for some people in certain games, but I think they would just be good straight up. Just you know, it's uh, you know, you got Joe Buck, and instead of Troy Aikman, maybe you got a Jason Kelsey there. That could be interesting. That's just an example. I don't. It doesn't have to be a Joe Buck, but you know, you got your straight man, right. your typical broadcaster who's going to you know, take you through the game, you know, and then you got your color commentary by a Kelsey brother that would be, I think, would be pretty good. Go back to the three-man Monday night games. Yeah, I where just, I was just going to say Throw that. the two Kelsey brothers in there, or even just Jason. I think that would be entertaining. Have Jason Kelsey with those two, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Oh, man, I think that'd be must-watch television. Yeah, Alex Karras was on the Monday night football for a while. He was just basically the comedy relief. You know, you had your, uh, I don't know if he was with Howard Cosell, but... You know, you, you've, you've got your, your color commentator, you got your play-by-play guy, and then you got the other guy just to throw in a few laughs here and there. And how much of this retirement came from the fact that I saw, did, I don't know if you watched this, I watched the Tush Push fail. Oh, yeah. I saw that and I was like, yikes. It's like one of the only times it's ever failed. Yeah, I couldn't but believe it when I saw it. Boy, that was a weird swing of momentum, too, because the Eagles were like, oh, you had that false start? We're going for it at the one-yard line. We're going to punch you in the face. And the Bucks said, nope. Even though they did get away with it, looked like somebody was pulling on Jalen Hurts' helmet. Yeah. They got away with one. Yeah, it, it but was a uh, face mask. I, I saw that and I was like, well, yeah, no wonder Jason Kelsey's retiring because the tush push finally failed. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of other uh, uh, head coaching changes, we're going to move on to college football now. And, man, there's, there's so much going on in college. Alabama head coach Nick Saban has resigned after 17 seasons with the Crimson Tide, seven national championships. Uh, championships and a record of 206 and 29 there one of the best to ever do it did you see that graphic that i posted it showed uh belichick with all of his trophies yep. and Naven, i've Saban seen that with yep. man that's a lot of hardware for those that's two a lot guys of hardware. yeah <laughs> i mean they they coached on the same staff with the browns back in the day that picture floating around to them being mm, on the sideline mm-hmm. together yep just i mean we are witnessed now that we finally got to nick saban we can say we've witnessed three great coaches in the span of 24 hours yeah just Moved on uh, for different reasons. Yeah. One retiring, one mutually leaving, and whatever happened to Pete Carroll. Because, you know, Pete Carroll crushed it in college, too. Yeah. He won national titles in college. Well, he well, kind of ran that ran USC down where he had to get out of town or he was going to be under some suspension. Fair, but, something. I mean, still, when you watch those games, though, that USC team was just built different. Yeah. Uh, take all the scandal and stuff out. I know people say that that puts a tarnish on his legacy, but, like, at a point, I'm like, players still got to play the game. Like, so I thought his USC teams were something else. And so he got his national championships. He got a Super Bowl trophy. So he was one of the best to do it. To do it on two levels, you got to give the guy credit. It's just like a Jimmy Johnson. Sure. Uh, Nick Saban, obviously, didn't work in the NFL, but the fact that in college he won with, was LSU he He, won a national championship? He was with with Miami, the Dolphins. Well, he went to the Dolphins for a year, but he didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, he did did coach in the NFL. Yes, but it didn't work in the NFL. But so in college, he still, he won two national championships with two different programs. Uh, You know, he's, you know, I'm fascinated by him just as like the way he kind of lives down there in uh, Tuscaloosa. Uh, You you watch that Eli Manning. uh, Right. Yeah. uh, Eli's places. Yep. That episode, I think I watched that one, was fascinating the way. Saban, you know, kind of runs things down there. Too bad Saban couldn't have done that when he was at Michigan State. Right? Um, yeah, that's... National. He yeah, he was in training when he was at Michigan State. Then he goes to LSU. Then he goes to Alabama. So Michigan State got yeah, shorthanded there. But uh, soon after that, soon after he left, uh, Kalen DeBoer uh, is named the new head coach at Alabama. And he was just at the Washington Huskies. He was in the national championship game a week ago. Uh, as the head coach, and he'd been there since 2021, and now all of a sudden he's the Alabama head coach. And when I, when they first said the name, I thought, is he an assistant coach at, at Washington? No, no he was the head the, coach. the head guy. Yeah, Just lost the natty. Yeah, so then what do they do after that? Then Washington hires Arizona's head coach, uh, Jed Fish, to replace DeBoer. So now somebody's going to have to fill it. You know, they're going to have to hire a new coach at Arizona. Are they going to grab another head coach from somebody else? And the domino effect just keeps on going. That's how it goes. Like the the college coaching, I mean, the later in the year, you know, that these big programs have to make these moves, the harder I think it is to get these coaches. So then you get this big move, like a couple years back when uh, Mel Tucker first went to Michigan State. You know, that's only because uh, Michigan State's coach at the time, Mark D'Antonio, right? Mark Mm D'Antonio, he just. Up and retired, end of the season, a little later than you probably would have liked if you were going to do a head coaching search. Because then at the last minute, you're like, crap, all the head coaching vacancies are filled up. Uh, Who are we going to get? So you got to lure somebody from another program. Yeah, that was just before the uh, all the the, the signing. Yeah, it was like in mid February. It was it was crazy. Worst thing. possible time. Yes. So D'Antonio screwed that program. Yep. And then Mel Tucker screwed it even more with his antics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, allegedly, mm. but. Uh, 
the, you know, so this late in the game, yeah, that domino effect. It's oh crap, we need a head coach. All right, go get another big name coach. You lure him out of his job. Right. Uh, and then that leaves that program at Washington without a head coach. So right. They go to another program, and yeah, it's a bad domino effect. But it's just the nature of the biz. And now uh, all the talk is that Jim Harbaugh may be jumping to the NFL. I thought maybe we'd hear something before we we uh, uh, started recording today, but uh, supposedly he's hired an agent. You know, after he went back to Michigan and took part in all the parades and the celebrations and the speeches, and now that things have settled down, he's hired an agent, and I guess he's back out in California uh, talking to the Chargers. He's talking to the Chargers. Uh, So we'll see about that. But what I had to say about uh, Harbaugh is that he received $3 million in bonuses after winning the national championship. Uh, It was by far the largest single-season amount since USA Today Sports began tracking that sort of thing in 2019. Harbaugh's basic pay from Michigan this season was $8.2 million. He picked up a million dollars for the Wolverines' win in last week's college football playoff title game, $500,000 for the team playing in the Big Ten Conference Championship game, and a million dollars for winning the Big Ten title, and another half a million dollars for being selected to play in the college football playoff semifinals. So I, I guess that was all stuff that was so, you know, incentive in his contract or something. So essentially, one point five just to make and win, you know, the Big Ten title and to make the playoff. Like that's yeah. just that's crazy. Well, I mean, it, it's only a million dollars. I mean, he made he made eight, eight million dollars last year. I mean, he, he made eight times that much just in his regular salary. So it's not like you know he got double the pay for the season. But still, that's that, it's a record. Um, this set of bonuses uh, was introduced into Harbaugh's contract with Michigan after the 2020 season uh, when he took about a 50% pay cut from his annual basic pay for the school uh, from the school f- uh, to $4 million after the Wolverines had gone 9-4 and four in 2019 uh, and 2-4 and four in the pandemic-affected 2020 season. So, yeah, he, he, he took a pay cut, but he got it back and then some. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if he actually jumps to... Uh, the NFL. I mean, it sounds like he's going to. I thought that you know, he, I, he's a Michigan man. I I expected him to be there for the rest of his life. But he's got a good thing at Michigan. But I could sure see does. where this is the opportunity for him to do the Pete Carroll and go yeah. to the NFL, get your Super Bowl, and prove that you can do it on both levels. Which yeah, there he are got some, close. There are some uh, maybe another fines and suspensions coming from the NCAA when they're done with their investigation. Who knows? I think that's something he know. could weather at Michigan. Yeah, uh, but I I don't know. And maybe this interview stuff is just. You know what? Let's feel it out. Maybe the NFL isn't the best fit for me now at this point in my career. And now they're going to have the twelve team playoffs, so they're they're like a shoe in almost every year uh, to get into the playoffs and see what happens. You know, after that. So I don't right. I don't know. And then the final AP poll, Associated Press poll, came out with obviously Michigan was number one, Washington two, Texas was three, Georgia four, Alabama and Florida State were tied at six, uh, Oregon was eight, Missouri nine, Mississippi. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got that backwards. Uh, Alabama was five, and at number six, Florida State and Oregon tied. Okay. Eight was Missouri, nine Mississippi, All ten right. Ohio State. And if you ask me, I know Ohio State got embarrassed in that bowl game. Ohio State should have been higher. They didn't play with any other guys. Uh, right. Georgia moving up makes a little bit of sense, but Alabama falling out of the top four. Alabama was in that Michigan game, and they could have easily beaten Michigan, I think. So I don't see them being out of the top I can't believe they're out of the top four after the way the season shook right. out. But 
I don't know. That, that was a crazy. The the AP poll at this point, I I don't care. Yeah, we already know who the best team was, and that's right. it. Michigan, right. they won it. Done. Uh, second, there's no trophies for second or third or fourth or right. th- whatever. Sure. So why even bother? Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah. And uh, finally, in college, here's here's a story you may not have heard of, uh, heard about uh, something called the Irreverent Bowl. I've heard of it, but I don't know all the details. Uh, a promoter by the name of Roy Engelbrecht uh, wants to petition the NCAA for an event that he's calling the Irrelevant Bowl. Is, is it irrelevant or irrelevant? I would irreverent say irreverent or irrelevant. irreverent. I thought it was irrelevant. I got it written both ways, so I'm not sure. Uh, it would feature the two worst teams in college football going head-to-head uh, in a bowl game. Uh, he's he's saying, this is his quote, no polls, no rankings, no controversy, just two winless or near-winless teams looking for redemption uh, and one elusive win. Um, he's, he said he's going to petition the NCAA, asking them to grant a waiver for 2024 so that two teams would be eligible to play in the inaugural Irrelevant Bowl. Uh, it is unlikely that the NCAA is going to agree to such a game. Um, if they had it this year, I guess Vanderbilt and Akron would have played because they're two teams that both went 2-10. and ten. They had the worst records uh, at the FBS level. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's who would have played this year. But my question is, who would want to sponsor such a thing? Some sort of divorce lawyer. That, uh, that was my first thought. What? But there used to be a game show called The Biggest Loser, where these yeah. people would lose weight, and whoever lost the most weight would win. So, you know, The Biggest Loser sponsors the irreverent. What a time to bring that show bowl. back! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't. I'm sure you could find it's a, an interesting idea, but it's not going to happen. It won't happen. I no. mean, I. You know, you want to forget your season when you when you're that bad, and you're already looking for next year. This isn't fantasy football, and. Where you you know you got your toilet bowl like our, in our fantasy league we have the what we call the toilet bowl and you right. get your name on the placard that's shaped like a toilet seat if you lose <laughs> the game. Uh, it's not the consolation games and the you know these type of things. It's fun for your fantasy league. It's not for collegiate and right. professional sp- sports. I'm sorry, consolation games should mean nothing. You know there shouldn't even be consolation. All these extra bowl games are just consolation games and. While some of the matchups are fun, the last few years they haven't been because players are sitting out. There's and, too many bowl games. And there's too many of them. So too many consolation games to begin with. And now you want to throw in this, where two downtrodden programs, all these kids are just like, man, we already had a tough season. Why we lose this one? It's even more embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, sure, the team that wins is it's, yeah, it's we got to win. Winner. But like, the loser just, is even worse. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, and you want to. You want to totally shame bad. a bunch of kids like that? Right. Like yeah. it's bad enough. Like I mean, that half the programs aren't even getting to the national championship consideration. Now you're going to want to throw this one random one in where, who knows? We just see. Is it just two MAC teams every year? Yeah. Is it a two bottom Sun Belt teams or you know a couple of bad teams? Like, like I doubt you're going to see a Big Ten team or a. It would it would just be too yeah. humiliating. This this is not going to happen. But I I just thought it was a it was a funny concept that somebody's even proposing something like this. So it's it's bad idea. It's fun in theory. Yeah, but it doesn't work. No, this is the, the kind of talk you sit around at the bar with people like talking sports. Like, hey, wouldn't what it are... be cool if they did like a loser bowl? <laughs> My loser is better than your loser. <laughs> no, man, I'm telling you right now. Those two and ten Akron Zips would crush those two and ten Vanderbilt, whatever their nickname is. Commodores. Oh. 
Named after the, the soul band. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I uh, got a little bit of arena football news that came out this week. The Iowa Rampage have parted ways with head coach Brandon Henderson, uh, and there were no specific reasons given for uh, for that. And it was like the day after they did their little coaches show that he's yeah. on. Yeah. It was a very weird timing that this all went down. Yeah. Uh, so who knows what's going on? And I haven't heard if they've hired anybody. Uh, they supposedly they got news coming soon. The last I saw, uh, I just something's going on there. I don't know. Gee, maybe if they had a team in Grand Rapids instead of out in Iowa, call the rampage. This wouldn't happen. But <laughs> look, I I'm not gonna put you know. I know stuff happens, and we're they're supposed to start up in April. Right. You got three months till the season starts. Yeah. I mean, they're still doing player tryouts. So how how much does this really affect your team? I don't know yet. I think it's a little too early to be worried that a head coaching change right now could make or break your team. I think, look, you're still doing tryouts. It's fine. You're still feeling out this organization, which you are starting from the ground up. It would probably would have been nice to have had a guy from the inception of this team, you know, kind of guiding things. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh that just puts the Iowa Rampage at the bottom of our world of yeah. football, arena football power rankings yeah. when we start. Uh, Not a team season. I was going to go see play anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so there, they there, are couple, there are a couple I want to go see play, but yeah. uh, not not the Rampage. Uh, not that Rampage. Not that we want to see the Rampage no. play, the but real it's got to be the Grand Rampage. Rapids Rampage. Yeah, the real Rampage. Um, another story that came out this week, uh, the AFL is also looking to put a team in Hawaii at some point. Um, I don't know. Uh it sounds fun, you know. We have great look, uh, destination, but how many arena fans are going to fly to Hawaii to, to watch? But, I mean, other than you and me, we always like the idea of having a team in Hawaii, but it's yes. never, it has never been realistic or feasible, or cost. You know, it's always cost prohibitive. Right. Yeah. So I, I get it. It's like it's a fun. It, it would be probably a great place to have a team. Right. Warm weather. Uh, but the travel and all that, it's just, it's unfortunate for the people of Hawaii to not have some sort of professional sports team yeah. out there. Yeah. But it's just. I well, mean, the World Football League in 74 and 75 had the Hawaiians. And how that, how that ended up? Well, they were, they were there for the whole time of the, that the league was there. Uh, and then the AF2, Arena Football 2, had the Hawaiian Islanders from 2002 to 2004. Um, so, so I don't know. Uh they're they're trying to secure a venue right now. That's that that's where they're at. They're looking to to secure a venue location, uh, to play their games, and um, they'll go from there. But uh, we'll see. It, it'd be interesting. I mean, your mom's kind of wanted to go back to Hawaii because we haven't been there. Since You're our looking for an so excuse. Like, hey, hon, you want to you go lay on the beach? I'm going to go watch a game. Well, it just so <laughs> happens that they got an arena football team in Hawaii. What a perfect <laughs> set of circumstances for the two of us. <laughs> Yeah, she she didn't think you that just through. can't pony up a trip without having football involved. Well, can you? you know, a couple of years ago, she really wanted to go see the Georgia Aquarium to go see the uh, whale sharks they've got there. How did you make that uh, go in your favor? I said, absolutely, hon, we can do that. Oh, by the way, the College Football Hall of Fame is just a few blocks away, so uh, we'll we'll take that into. And then she's like, turn it. You are the <laughs> you are the king of oh, by the way. <laughs> hey, I want to go down to this place in Ohio. Cool. Well, by the way, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a half hour from that destination. Hey, I want to go out to North Dakota. Oh, by the way, there's this arena football team that's only playing an hour and a half northwest of here. Like, 
You hey, always find hey, something. We were, we were down in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and we went up to Louisville, which is like a, an hour and a half, two hour drive to go see an arena football two game. That's true. Remember that? I the Louisville that. Fire. I do remember that. <laughs> First and ten. <laughs> that that announcer, I'll never forget that announcer. Was it first and ten? I don't think it was like. Oh no! It was incomplete. Incomplete. Yeah, that's what. That <laughs> that's was his, what it was. All was game great. long, yep. that announced incomplete. <laughs> All right, that's it for arena news. Uh, birthdays today. Uh, former coach Jim Caldwell uh, turned sixty-nine today. These are birthdays for January sixteenth. He was the head coach at Wake Forest from ninety-three to two thousand. Head coach of the Indianapolis Colts from two thousand nine to twenty eleven. Head coach of the Detroit Lions from 2014 to 2017. Uh, assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach of the Miami Dolphins in 2019. Uh, senior assistant with the Carolina Panthers in 2023. And he, he also did some stuff to... with the um, AAF yeah. and some of the other, the other spring the leagues. startup leads, yep. Yeah. yep. He was involved in that. Good dude. Yeah. I mean, the, the Fords liked him. Yeah. Uh, the fan, Lions fans liked him, but yeah. you know, it, it came to that plateau where we just didn't think he could get us to where we wanted this franchise to go and then that brought in the dark days of matt patricia yeah yeah how'd that work out for yeah us? i mean look i'll always like jim caldwell right but i, I agree he did nothing wrong when he was with the no Detroit. Although, he let us what back to back nine and nine and seven seasons nine and seven seasons i mean two uh, winning couple seasons play, couple playoff appearances and they let him go but I agreed with the thing at the time of letting well, him go I they thought, just hired the wrong coach after yeah i i thought they might have sh- should have given him at least one more year to show what he could do Two nine and seven records. Uh, let's let's give him one more year, but they pulled the plug on that. Yeah. So anyway, so happy birthday, Jim Caldwell, and uh, quarterback Joe Flacco ah. turns thirty nine today. He's licking his wounds after that loss on Saturday. Um, he played college football at Pittsburgh and at Delaware. Eighteenth overall pick in the two thousand eight NFL draft by the Baltimore Ravens. Played in Baltimore from two thousand eight to twenty eighteen. Won uh, Super Bowl forty seven and was also named MVP of that Super Bowl. Uh, played for the Denver Broncos in 2019, the Jets from 20, uh, 2020 to 2022. And then this year he was with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, just let popped him in midseason and, and led him to the playoffs. And then he essentially didn't, lost Didn't show it. up for the playoff game. No, he showed up. He just threw the ball to the other team. Oh. <laughs> so that's it for birthdays. And then uh, we have a, a few obituaries. There were a ton of obituaries this week, I, I, 10 or 11 that I was writing up uh, before you got here. And uh, I, I went with four of them. You know, I, I, we don't always put every obituary in here, but uh, some of these uh, uh, deserve uh, to be read on air. So uh, the first one is a big one. Uh, Norm Sneed, a quarterback in the NFL for 16 seasons, has passed away at the age of 84. Sneed played college football at Wake Forest and uh, was the second overall pick in the 1961 NFL Draft by the Washington Redskins. He was also selected in the fifth round of the 1961 American Football League Draft by the Buffalo Bills. He signed with the Redskins and played in Washington from 1961 to 1963. He also played for the Philadelphia Eagles from 64 to 70. I think that's where most people know him from. He played for the Minnesota Vikings in 71 and the New York Giants from 72 to 74. He was traded to San Francisco to the San Francisco 49ers during that 74 season and finished his playing career with the 49ers in 75 and 76. Sneed was inducted into the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame in 1984. Our next obituary is that of Sam Big Red Silas, a defensive tackle in the NFL and the World Football League, has passed away at the age of 83. 
Silas played college football at Southern Illinois and was selected in the sixth round of the 1963 American Football League draft by the Boston Patriots. However, he signed with the NFL's St. Louis Cardinals and played for the team from 1963 to 1967. He also played for the New York Giants in 1968 and then the San Francisco 49ers in 1969 and 1970. Silas finished his playing career with the Portland Storm of the World Football League in 1974. Our next obituary is that of Burke Dales, a punter in the Canadian Football League for nine seasons, has passed away at the age of 46. Cause of death was not immediately released. Dales played college football at Concordia University in Montreal, uh, and he signed with the Calgary Stampeders in 2005 and played for the team for seven seasons through 2011. He also played for the Edmonton Eskimos in 2012 and 2013, and he finished his playing career as a member of the Montreal Alouettes at the end of the 2013 season. His sister, Stacy Dales, is an NFL sideline reporter for the NFL Network. Okay. And our final obituary this week is that of Jack Squirek. I hope I'm saying that right. Yep, a so. linebacker in the NFL for five seasons has passed away at the age of 64. Squirek played college football at Illinois and was selected in the second round of the 1982 NFL draft by the Los Angeles Raiders. He played for the Raiders from 1982 to 1985. He ended up winning Super Bowl 18 with the Raiders. Uh, Squirek finished his playing career with the Miami Dolphins in 1986. All right. Uh, lastly, on today's show, upcoming events calendar. Sunday, February 4th, the Pro Bowl games in Orlando. I won't be watching, I don't think. Uh, Sunday, February 11th, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Saturday, March 16th, the Indoor Football League season begins. Saturday, March 30th, the UFL season kicks off with a game between the Birmingham Stallions and the Arlington Renegades. April 25th through the 27th, the NFL Draft in Detroit. Uh, also, April 27th, the 33rd season of the Arena Football League is set to begin. Wow. A lot, so, of, a lot of stuff coming, lot of, but... Yep. Between that Super Bowl on uh, the 11th and then uh, March 16th when the Indoor Football League season begins, we're going to have a nice little gap there. Yeah, we're going to take some time off. We keep, we keep saying that at the end of every every show now. It's, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that gap. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be something. Like I mean, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but if a team that we happen to love very dearly ends up playing in that big game at the end of the season, uh-huh. I will not say the words out loud in, this, right. in a sentence. You get what I'm getting at. Uh-huh. Who knows how emotionally draining that would be, and we probably need that sort of break to just comprehend if that were to happen. We'll see. It's you know anything can happen in the playoffs, but win or lose, that would be emotionally draining. Yeah, so <laughs> we need some time to. <laughs> I just think it's it's nice when we do get that little break. It was nice that one year we did it. Was yeah, it two year? years ago we took five weeks off the entire month of March. Yeah. There were five Tuesdays that month, and we uh, we. Yeah, I like reorganized this uh, man cave, <laughs> and you say it looks worse than it did it before. Did. That, so. It does, yeah. I, I hate to see you organize it even more. Yeah, I need another bookshelf. I've, I've gotten more books than I've got shelves for, and I need to do so. I might put a, a bookshelf outside the man cave here, out, out in the uh, the foyer, and uh, we'll see. But yeah, I've got some other projects I want to work on. I want to got some articles I want to write, and I just you know haven't haven't done that so. We'll work on some some other projects before we back get back into the weekly uh, weekly grind of the uh, podcast, which you know, it's not a grind. We love doing it, um, but yeah, they just uh, got pictures I want to get up on the wall and just I mean, that, uh, that takes no time. Nice. I could do it right now on air. Let's do it. Uh, put that hammer down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything uh, 
that's come over the, your your phone before. No, right? no, it doesn't look like there's any breaking news. No Harbaugh uh, I mean, signing. Uh, one story we didn't have on the main show that I do want to just quickly throw out there was the uh, Saints letting go a long-time offensive coordinator there with the team. Uh, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, he's been there in New Orleans for 15 seasons as the offensive coordinator. Hmm. Uh, I had never heard of the dude. Uh, obviously, I'm not a Saints fan, so I'm not as like familiar with everybody on the Saints staff. But mm-hmm. being an offensive coordinator and being in one place for 15 years—that's through the Sean Payton era. That's through the year that he was, you know, kind of out for bon- Bounty Gate. Right. And uh, now he's, you know, with the new coach there, whose name I'm blanking on, but it's impressive to be there in a, in a place in the NFL for 15 seasons and right. not be a head coach. That's right. pretty big deal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you see athletic trainers or whatever for teams oh, there sure. forever, but like sure. a coordinator, that just yeah. that just seems odd. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they're moving on. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, if you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can follow the World of Football on Facebook, X, and Instagram. Just look for TWOF Kalamazoo on all three of those platforms. New episodes of this podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast to hear us on whatever Alexa devices you may have. You can also find the full audio version of this show over on our YouTube channel. Just search YouTube for the World of Football Kalamazoo or use the handle at the World of Football in the YouTube search bar. Please go over there, subscribe, spread the word, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment. We love interacting with all the comments. Let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. There's, yeah, there's been a few interesting comments that have come through. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of fans of different fan bases, and yeah. obviously all the regulars that comment uh, after our weekly picks. It's funny how all of a sudden somebody will find a history lesson video that we did Six eight months ago, and and they're you know they're making a comment on that. Uh, yeah, I, I we even forgot doing it. See <laughs> one two hours ago. Yeah, we just got a comment about uh, the history of the USFL video we did. That's the beauty of doing those type of videos is those are ones that can sit there and people can discover us that right. way. Right. And then we'll we also try to stay current with our NFL pick stuff. That's why we're debating on doing some sort of frequent arena football. A show because uh, we seem to get a lot of people who like arena football and have found us that way. So, again, open to suggestions, people. Like, if there's something you think, hey, we should give something a try, I'm open to trying some sort of type of video. Like, we already got picks for the NFL. Like, should we do something else? Like, I don't know. Uh, we got ideas. It's just, what do you guys want to see or hear? Yeah. Well, speaking of some of our old videos, uh, we did one, uh, boy, I almost a year ago, I think, where I talked about the five books that you need to read. Yeah. And one of them was uh, War on the Floor by Jeff Foley. Jeff Foley just uh, posted a comment saying, thanks for including my book. Uh, and and I really enjoyed that book. You know, being an arena football fan, it's one of the only books written about the arena football league yeah. where he did like a George Plimpton thing where he was actually on the team and got into a game or two. I, I think he caught one pass or something. But it was it was just fascinating, you know, how they lived, you know, where they lived. Uh, how they practice and all that. It was great behind-the-scenes look at arena football, which we love so much. So uh, thank you, Jeff, for writing the book. Uh, it just I just wanted to include that one because I think a lot of people should read that. Yeah. And that was the whole reason behind that uh, that video. Um, 
and we're we're closing in on 700 YouTube subscribers. I think we've got uh, what 689. Oh, we are right at 690 now. as as Ooh, of right now. Pull, uh, as, I, as I pull up the app, so <laughs> so so get that graphic ready ready for 700. It could be in the next day or so. Yeah, uh, we'll top 700. Because I think what we ended last year on. Um... Oh crap! How many did we have to end the year? Uh, we we got two hundred uh, subscribers back last February. So, <laughs> so no, we we started this year at six sixty seven. Oh oh, this year. This year we started this year at six sixty seven, okay. and we've already added twenty three subscribers, hmm. and we are only barely two weeks into the year. So, I mean, it's it's fun. I'm I'm have uh, having a good time interacting with fans, and uh, I think cringe, uh, frequent commenter, you know, mm-hmm. said. Uh, you know, he, he was happy for us. He was a little disappointed about his Cowboys, and I had to tell him, uh, sorry, man, we are not sad that the Cowboys <laughs> lost that game. I think he knows that we're not <laughs> Cowboy fans, yeah. but, you know, I don't have a problem with people being a Cowboys fan, oh, especially if you're in I Texas. have friends that are Cowboys fans. Yeah. It's just, you know what? It's just the media. Not my cup of tea. The, main, the mainstream media, just like when we were trying to watch Lions highlights, even though it shows we don't like, we just want to hear people finally talk about Detroit because we finally want a playoff game. And like, even as much as I don't like Skip Bayless and I don't like the undisputed format and all that, I sat there and I was like, I want to hear what they got to say. Let's hear them. Let's hear them eat crow. Right. Hours of just them talking about the Cowboys. And the, <laughs> it's just like they, they're the team that lost. Yeah. And you're not talking about the team's that won. Right. You're not even talking about how the Packers were good. You're talking about everything the Cowboys failed at. Right. That is the problem with the mainstream media. And I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I'll always say it. The Cowboys are no longer America's team. They're they the never team, have been. They're the team America loves to hate. <laughs> they are. And you know who America's team is right now, Dad? Do I even have to? Do I even have to hint at you or point at your shirt and tell you who that team is that is America's team right now? The Detroit Lions. You're darn tootin'. <laughs> it is. All right. Hey, remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than the two of us sitting here in Kalamazoo. Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job, don't hold your breath. I'm Randy Snow. And uh, if anybody wants to give us tickets to go to that Lions... uh... Buccaneers game this weekend. Drop yeah, a if comment. You, if you got a couple you can't use, uh, let us know. Oh boy, oh, <laughs> we take them. We'll see you all next week.